coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, submitted for the approval of the Nintendo Cartridge Society. The strange case of Cooking Mama, Cookstar. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including what the heck happened with that new Cooking Mama game. And then on Thursday, Retro Month continues with Super Metroid. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so happy to be here with you, Patrick. And listeners, yes. we hope you are healthy and happy no matter where you are. Um, so I've been working from home recently and that mm. means that I've been making, using like my bedroom dresser as a, uh, makeshift standup desk, which yes. I think is good for my back, but, t- but it's making me realize how terrible my posture is. Posture's hard, man. Like uh, being a biped is not a natural state. Like I know, I know we're like, yeah, walking upright. That's the perfect thing for humans to do. It's not. It is bad for your body to stand upright. <laughs> Have you seen those like, and maybe this is targeted because I've seen the ads on Instagram, but have you seen those like, um, uh, like harness type things that you can buy that basically you like put it over your shoulders almost like a backpack and then you pull the straps and it's supposed to like force you to like stand up straight. What I'm saying is that's not a terrible idea. Like I should (laughs) maybe buy one of these things. Um, well, that, I, I like that you are uh, finding a way to take what you have in your apartment, right? And like repurpose it as uh, you're turning a dresser into a desk, right? Um, I have turned a jar of marinara sauce uh, with some twinkle lights into a, a lamp. <laughs> so that's cool. This it truly is our own little like Animal Crossing crafting thing. Oh, speaking of Animal Crossing crafting thing, I took another one of these strings of twinkle lights and I put it behind that like amiibo shelf thing that I have, the mm-hmm. one that like holds uh, 16 amiibo, and I filled it with just Animal Crossing amiibo. And then I made it so that like the lights change color. Um, and like this sort of like fade up and down with like sparkly lights, uh, and it's amazing. I just get to see all my favorites uh, glowing uh, on the shelf next to me <laughs> while I'm watching TV. That does sound amazing. It's a dang dream come true. Um, speaking of dreams coming true, how would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? Maybe someday. The program is on hiatus right now. If you would like to have your name added to the list of people who will genuinely someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you got to do is send us an email at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And uh, give us a mailing address that you I can send my copy of this game to you. Uh, as soon as I'm not nervous about going to the post office, uh, the program will resume. You know, I was listening back to our episode last week, and I think I was coming in a little bit early on the mm. at gmails.com. So today I'm going to like hedge my bets and do it later than I thought I should. 
and we'll see how that works out. You laughed, so that means I don't think it was very good. No, but the thing is, I my perspective on it doesn't mean anything. My perspective on it is going to sound just as bad as your perspective <laughs> on it, but in the opposite direction. Does that make sense? It does make sense. <laughs> um, I th- what I think happened was I think you said it uh, way slower than I said it, but I think I also say it faster when I don't hear you saying it with me at the same time. <laughs> Right? Like, I think hearing the chorus makes me slow down. Um, and I don't know if you're just well-trained enough that I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why you've got it nailed and I don't. I think also that, like, we've been trying to not say it because it is a little more haphazard than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if we should actually try to say it more so that way we have more opportunities to get it right. I think that's a, a perfect idea. If you would like to participate in our perfect ideas, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> perfect. Uh, thanks to everyone who has added us as friends on Switch. Um, I got to just say, it has been amazing to, every time I turn on my Switch, have uh, at least a friend request. Um, and it's amazing how many of you are playing Animal Crossing. Uh, and I just want... I just want more of it. Our friend description, our friend descriptions, our friend codes are in the description of every episode. So please uh, join us. I love seeing what people are playing and you can see what we're playing. So you can call us out on, uh, you know, when we're like, oh, I haven't been playing anything. And be like, you've been playing Mario Kart again. <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely delightful. And also thank you to Marlock505 for leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store. We appreciate you leaving reviews where ever you get your podcasts we of course only check apple podcasts in the united states of <clears throat> of course that's the only place we check <laughs> um and then of course we are in the month of april right now you know this i know this mark knows this in the month of april we are playing super nes classics you know this i know this mark knows this um this week we are playing super metroid and talking about it on thursday which means you need to get your observations about Super Metroid to us by Wednesday at the latest. Um, I'm having a great time playing this game. Mark is playing this game, and he's not revealed his hand yet as to whether he's having a great time. Uh, But I would love to have as many different voices in the conversation as we can. So go ahead and email those to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at at gmail.com. (laughs) and then next week we are going to be playing super mario world 2 yoshi's island and the week after that april 24th we are going to be playing star fox which i have promised to beat uh much to my own chagrin (laughs) so you know there we go uh please play along with us uh we're having fun you should have fun too. Mark, before we get into what we've been playing, uh, we've got an email from Connor, a uh, longtime listener, Connor. Um, and uh, two things. Uh, there are two things in this email. One is that he is doing uh, an Ocarina of Time stream, um, raising money for relief for COVID-19, people suffering from it. Um, and so if you if people want to go to his Twitch channel to check it out, uh, 4 p.m., um, uh, Pacific time, I think every afternoon he's doing this, uh, twitch.tv slash con z is cool 69 rad connor that's rad <laughs> that's that's uh c-o-n-z-i-s-c-o-o-l 69 uh, and check that out but he also uh sent a uh a question or an observation about the super mario remaster rumor that we were talking about uh last week um just to to catch up uh everyone if they if they weren't listening uh, basically, all of the websites at once uh, started reporting on a rumor that Nintendo was looking to 
remaster uh, basically every 3D Mario game for the Switch. And also a Paper Mario was coming out, too. Here is Connor's observation. Uh, <clears throat> You've obviously heard the rumor reported by a few outlets about potential Super Mario remasters and the new Paper Mario game in the vein of the first two in the series. About a month ago, uh, and then in parentheses, as one of a million commercial actors in L.A., I received two super interesting casting calls. They were both for commercials. The first one was uh, was calling for huge fans of the Super Mario series and asked for detailed favorite memories when playing Super Mario games. The second one was asking for Paper Mario fans, asking for similar memories or experiences with the game. These recent rumors have me feeling pretty dang confident that they mo- that they might both actually happen. I'm biased, but really feel like this gives uh, credibility to the rumors and feels like this stuff is all but confirmed. Anyway, I had to share this because it feels huge, especially considering the lack of word from Nintendo on the big stuff in 2020. That's awesome. <laughs> it's wild, right? <laughs> so uh, you heard it here. Connor is confirmed. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, no. it is the 35th mm-hmm. anniversary of Mario this year, of the release of Super Mario Brothers. And um, so it's possible that it's like unrelated. The fact that they're also like, and also, you know, something about Paper Mario, it all feels very, it's, like, it's all coming together. To me, I'm 100% in. Uh, I am uh, 4% in. I don't think... <laughs> I think 125th of this is real. <laughs> um, but thank you, Connor, for the inside scoop. Um, and again, check out his uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash cool 69 All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing. Mark, I've got news for you about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. You can leave your town unattended for at least two days at a time. What? My buddy Pete my buddy Pete sent me a text, and he said, Oh, tell Mark I didn't check on my island Friday or Saturday, and nobody seemed any different when I came back on Monday. This is great news. Yes. Yeah. Right now, you know that at least two days is fine. Yeah, Pete. Thank you so much for uh, doing like doing that research. I mean, I think he was playing Resident Evil Three, so like he just wasn't going to be, you know. Oh yeah, did did you pick up Resident Evil Three? I I didn't haven't picked it up yet. Uh, no, I have not. Um, here's the thing: Final Fantasy comes out at the end of this week, and I I'm not going to buy both of these games, but like. I need to I need to buy one of them. I know this is a Nintendo show and we're talking about what we were playing this week and not what we might be playing next week. <laughs> but uh I think I got to go for Final Fantasy. Uh what where where are you on on that uh So I ever since I moved last August, I my PS4 has been just like in its box. Um I think I'm mm-hmm. with you though that if I were going to buy one, I would buy the Resident Evil by Resident Evil 7. I mean Final Fantasy 7 remake. I mean we we played that demo at E3 last year, uh RIP. Uh and uh and then I played the demo again when they released it on the PlayStation Network and I'm I'm super excited for the way it plays. Uh I've been hearing mostly great things about it cuz the review embargo broke um yesterday. Um so yeah, I mean I'm I'm just I'm super hyped about it. And like Resident Evil 3 was always a little bit of like a lower tier Resident Evil even in like the uh 
um, in the pantheon of Resident Evils that I love. Um, so, like, that's one that I'll get around to, and man, like, I can't wait to buy that game on a Capcom sale for thirty bucks. You know, totally. Do we know uh, since the review embargo is over with for Final Fantasy VII? I haven't read any of them. Do we know like when the first this first part ends? Is it Midgard? Like uh, everybody was speculating. So I think uh, it's it's my understanding that that is about correct, like that that it is a- around that uh, area, but that towards the end of the game, um, it starts to like spin out into less concrete ideas and more like sort of abstractions about uh, clouds past and, and all of that stuff. Oh, interesting. Which- which either plays into like later game, uh, later original game stuff, or maybe even uh, reveal something new about the characters in the world. Um, so, like, it is definitely the story of Midgar plus. Yeah, that's really exciting. One thing I wanted to add about Animal Crossing: New Horizons last week, Lizzie, <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie sent us an email um, asking what like our favorite like cute little detail in the game was. I was saying that it was the character singing as I've been putting more time into it and like seeing them at different times of the day. What I just love is like the, just in general, like the inner lives of the characters. Like, um, you know, uh, I have Mitzi who loves to read and then uh, Bianca, I think her name is. She's like a tiger who wants to um, be like a pop star. And she's like, she just like runs around kind of with like fun abandon, like, that kind of stuff is so much fun. The other thing I really love is when you're in um, the clothes shop and you go into the dressing room. And I guess really this happens at your like house too when you're changing and you're choosing from all the options. And every time you pick an item of clothing, <laughs> your character does a different pose. Like, yeah. it's, I, I really, really love that. Um, yeah, all that stuff is amazing. The, the inner lives, like 100%, is something that I love. I love seeing that different characters have like different kinds of drinks that they like Mm -hmm. um like i've got this uh eagle named celia who always drinks out of like a little mason jar with a handle um and then agnes who is this pig who was one of my first neighbors she's i i love her i love agnes my two original neighbors i love more than any other video game character this year (laughs) um and uh she's always drinking uh cans of soda so she's always drinking from a kid. It's so cute. Um, I also I set up the uh the campsite in I my did town, too. and um, so the you know like that's kind of how you can invite people who come to the campsite. You can invite them to stay in your village, and so like you know the first time I uh, I go in, it's like this frog type thing, and I for- already forgot his name because I accident I was just like messing around. It's my first time doing it, so I accidentally invited him. And and so then I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to go in to and talk to Isabel and like um, make him a permanent resident or whatever. Maybe it was Tom Duck. And but you can't he just sticks around until you do because I had already like half invited him. So then I had to like invite him, move him into my town. And now I'm just ignoring him and reporting him to Isabel. So that way he'll leave (laughs) because I don't want him in my town. Um, That's I I am. I'm a little bit fearful that when, because uh, I just I just set up the the campground today, so it's going to open tomorrow. Um, I am fearful that there are going to be uh, potential neighbors coming that I that I don't, because like like I said, I'm in love with all of the with all of my neighbors. Well, you don't have to invite them. So like okay, so uh, you visit them at the campsite and then you talk to them, and it's a very clear like dialogue option 
where it's like, yeah, you oh, just maybe you should move up. here. No, no. So <laughs> I chose it assuming that I'd be able to back out later or that I, I was gotcha, like gotcha. advancing the conversation, but I'd have the chance to abandon. No. Mark, once you, you choose it, <laughs> Once you choose it, you are committed and they are moving to your town, as far as I can tell, no matter what. So just like be cautious of like, you know, like really, yeah. really be sure before you say yes is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, so this game continues to be an absolute delight. How are you finding uh, Bunny Day and the attendant eggs? Uh, I find them, like a lot of people, to be a little much. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's annoying. I, I don't mind them in the trees. I don't mind them, like, in the sky. It's annoying when you're, like, digging up holes and you're like, yes, a fossil or something great. And it's just another egg. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't love it in, like, the fishing either. But, um, you know, we're almost halfway through it, so we'll get through it together. Yeah, I mean, it ends on Sunday, right? The 12th? Uh, the four- oh, is it the 12th or the 14th? I can't remember. It's probably th- the 12th. I don't know. Because I think it's Easter, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, just fine. I have crafted every Bunny Day item at this point. Um, so uh, I every time I get an egg now, I'm just like, great, I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that... That is fine. You get 200 bells for an egg. So, like, great. Great. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and I also, and I'm going to keep this until Bunny Day is over. My house, like, my main room of my house is just filled with the Bunny Day stuff. It's all, the, the clothes are up on the wall. <laughs> all seven outfits. And the <laughs> shoes, like, on the ground. Uh, that awful bed, um, the vanity, the dresser, a table, a stool, something that like it's a maybe a lamp that sits on uh, on the table. Uh, there's a clock. There's a backpack. There's a bunny day wreath. I've got the flooring. I've got the wallpaper. It's all there. You I maniac. crafted it all. <laughs> yes, I, um, I I crafted the the like outfit. I think like the first one I got was like the pink one, whatever egg that is. And so I was wearing yeah. it for a little bit. And I loved that like you're when you're running, you like make a little more like clomping sound because you're wearing wooden <laughs> shoes. But I could only uh, I, I, I liked it because of it's like hideousness, but um, have since moved on to different things. Yeah, well, I uh, there was a while where I was really into uh, like having different outfits because I had the, the the magic wand, which allows you to store eight different outfits that you can just change into on the fly while you're like out in the world. Um, but uh, I have uh, recently begun my Billy Corgan cosplay, um, where I'm doing my best to make my little villager Billy Corgan, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, and A, they don't let you go bald, so I've got his hair from like 1994, <laughs> <laughs> which is like black and messy. Um, and I'm wearing a, a black shirt that says zero in silver letters, and there's a little star on it. Um, and the back room in my house, because I have one little extra room, um, is lined with the uh, Smashing Pumpkins uh, album covers uh, as, as posters. Um, and there's also like a, uh, a guitar, like effects pedal board in there. And like my record player, like that room is like classy and a room that I would like <laughs> to spend time in in real life. Um, and then the front room uh, is just this bunny day nightmare. Uh, are all the records like, did somebody post like the custom images? Like how did you get them in there? So, um, I did it the same way that I made my uh, flag the Nintendo Cartridge Society logo um, by going to a website that now I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's like Animal Crossing custom images 
uh, or like AC images, something like that. Uh, just Google it and you'll, you'll find it pretty quickly. Uh, and you can upload any square image to this thing and it converts it into Animal Crossing and then uh, gives you a uh, QR code, which you can then scan and then download into the game. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Whoever set that up is doing the the God's honest work there because it's amazing. Oh, w- one more thing. Uh, so last week you were talking about you saw you had like a meteor shower in your village. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I had the same thing this week where like uh, the owl at the museum, I don't know what, blathers that uh, mm-hmm. his like sister or whatever is in town. Celeste. And yeah. Celeste, yeah. And that's the pink owl. And that's how you know that uh, you can, like, look up in the sky and make wishes, and then the next day you get, like, star fragments. But, yeah, that was, like, super fun. Yeah, and it, 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 it makes it so it's just fun to, like, hang out uh, on the island, and, like, every time you hear, like, the little twinkling, you're like, ooh, I get a wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, a great game. Uh, yeah, it continues to be a wonderful game. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I will talk about it every week until we stop, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I have also been playing, obviously, Super Metroid, um, and uh, I guess I'll hold any further uh, observations about that game, uh, other than to say that I just love it to pieces. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing I'll say right now. And then also, uh, Sarah and I were playing a little Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, because um, it's a great game that we can, you know, I, I feel like every couple months the game comes up for one of the two of us, because um, it's, it's an all-timer, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm still, like, making my way through trying to get three stars in every cup. Uh, I, mm. I, beat, I beat Super Metroid last night, and then I was like, oh, I'm not ready to stop gaming. Maybe I'll turn on Super, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for a little bit. But um, my finger, my, like, thumbs hurt from jamming on the buttons in uh, when I was playing Super Metroid on my, like, Joy-Cons yeah. so hard that I was like, I physically should not, like, play video games anymore (laughs) so i didn't end up getting very far um i wonder if uh you could do mario kart with the automatic acceleration on um and then you just don't have to use your right thumb very much oh yeah that's a good point i've never really i've never played with it on i don't know if it would be fun i mean otherwise you're just holding accelerate the whole time anyway yeah i guess that's true yeah that's a good point it always I've just never, like, hmm. yeah, I've never really tried it. It's always just felt like, why would you take that control away from me? But maybe it actually makes sense. Maybe I should. <laughs> you are li- yeah. You maybe I should like the whole release, time anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I should just release myself to the system. Trust the program. <sighs> All right. Well, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, April 7th, um, Disaster Report 4, Summer Memories, is released for Switch. Uh, I talked about playing the demo last week, and I encourage, I genuinely encourage people to check out the demo because I, I have never played a game like this game before, and uh, I, I found it really endearing, if not like uh, something I wanted to pick up. Yeah, and that, that's the one that's basically just like a disaster simulator? Yes, with like... Um, uh, yeah, like kind of like a choose your own adventure type disaster simulator. Um and then the really the rest of the week nothing crazy that I wanted to call out. Um but there are some titles releasing on April 8th. Uh you get Galaxy of Pen and Paper, um Convoy a tactical roguelike, 
on Thursday, April 9th, uh, Fight of Animals, which the cover art for this is kind of funny because it's just like a bunch of like really swole animals. Uh, That's pretty cool. And then on Friday, April 10th, uh, RMX Real Motocross is released. Um, so uh, a little bit of a quiet time, but you know, uh, we all got Animal Crossing. We all so. got Animal Crossing, and Tetris all right. 99 always. And yep. you know, like I have so I have so many games in my backlog that you know I could be using this time to get to. But um, I mean, Dragon but Quest you've got- 11 S, Echoes of a Definitive <laughs> Age. You know. Or Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive <laughs> <Woo>! Edition. <laughs> yeah, but also you've got 25-year-old Super Nintendo games that we need to play. Exactly. Great point. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, let's close out the new releases. It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, and I realize that we sorted did 433 already when we talked about Resident Evil and Final Fantasy 7 for a while. Uh, but uh, we have decided that we are going to discuss the anniversary gifts by year as we under as we understand them. Like the that the the do you say the 50th is is gold? Gold, right? Okay. And um, you know and like I know and like 60th is diamond and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh and the so the first anniversary is paper, which and also it's my understanding that there are like separate lists. Um uh, but we're we're we are going by the hallmark.com <laughs> list. <laughs> Thank you Hallmark. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, uh you were mentioning that there's like a a new list, like a modern list and then also an old-fashioned list because Oh, like so many of the things on here, this feels like a very old fashioned. This things, this feels almost like depression era, but maybe it's older than that. Where like, yeah, you know, um, every year we're going to buy something, and it's some of it's really earthy and like accessible. Well, okay, like just just for for an example here, and like I can see the like chi- kind of churched up versions of the the first couple of these because the first year is paper. So like you know that that one's kind of easy, right? Like you can do like a uh, either like a book or like a scrapbook of like your memories. Like it's really easy to be sweet with that one and like may, church it up, right? Um, second anniversary, cotton. I mean, the fabric of, of our clothing. lives. The fabric of our lives. Give them some underwear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, third anniversary, leather. Self-explanatory. Fourth anniversary, fruit or flowers. Is the fourth anniversary the edible arrangements anniversary? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> edible arrangements, 1-800-Flowers. This feels like a backslide, for sure. Mm-hmm. This yeah. feels like Valentine's Day garbage. Yeah, this feels like you forgot it's Mother's Day this weekend and it's <laughs> Thursday. Can we jump ahead to the sixth anniversary, which is listed on Hallmark.com. Again, thank you, Hallmark. Is <laughs> candy or iron? Okay, this feels like you're selecting items for your Pokemon to hold, right? <laughs> to not look, fruit or flowers, yes. Like for these feel similar in a category to me. Candy or 
iron, unless we're talking about supplements, these do not feel like they belong in the same year. Again, so I- maybe maybe the sixth anniversary is gummy vitamins. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, and then also, you know, Hallmark.com is hitching, hedging their bets a little bit because you get to the eighth anniversary and it's pottery or bronze. And then the ninth anniversary is like willow, what, or bro- or pottery. So like pottery could work for your eighth anniversary, but if you forgot, you could do it for its ninth as well. So what is, for the ninth anniversary, what is willow? What does yeah, that mean? I don't know. The wood? Either the wood or you're getting someone like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer action figure of Willow. Okay, well, here I clicked into it, and this is what Mm, Stacey Donovan of Hallmark.com wrote on September 13, 2015. She says, for spouses, budget, pack a big picnic basket with all their favorite things, Um, splurge, assemble a small custom-made gift basket with a favorite hobby in mind. Um, buy wicker furniture for the yard or patio. And then if you're giving it for another couple, she suggests give them a wicker laundry basket filled with detergent, fabric softener, and other essentials. Uh, I don't like that one at all. (laughs) (laughs) Other essentials? Come on. They're celebrating their ninth anniversary. (laughs) Although, look... Everything that we've uh, kind of crapped on uh, from the beginning to now pales in comparison to the 10th anniversary, which is tin or <laughs> aluminum, <laughs> which I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, I guess with a- aluminum, you could get somebody an Apple product, right? Uh, explain why. <laughs> well, because like they're like so many of them are made with, uh, as Johnny Ive used to say, aluminium. <laughs> okay, I, I guess that's okay. And then uh, the the eleventh anniversary is steel, which seems wait, no, no, no. Intense. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to go back because yes. again, uh, to talk about tin tenth anniversary, Stacy Donovan, yeah, June eighteenth, yeah. twenty eighteen. So she's been working for Hallmark.com for mm. at least three years. So good for her. Her suggestions are for spouses on a budget, give them an old-fashioned metal lunchbox to take to work. That is that is a cool gift. Or oh. Can I just tell you what the alternative is? The splurge is a vacation <laughs> yeah. in Mexico. Those are the two <laughs> suggestions. How? How? How is that tin? that stand for something anyway uh we were accompanied today by i didn't write it down and i closed the window so i apologize (laughs) all right mark let's get into the news all right we're starting off the news tonight with trying to figure out what's happening with cooking mama cookstar and patrick i'm looking to you to guide us through this one Okay, so uh, Cooking Mama Cookstar was released both physically and on the Nintendo Switch eShop last week. And over the weekend, it was pulled from the store. Now, some people wanted to know why it was pulled from the store. And uh, it, it was unclear murky for a bit, including uh, murky probably because there were also people on Twitter saying, hey, this thing is... Uh, using your switch's processing power to mine for cryptocurrency uh and it is overheating switches and bricking them um so uh naturally the official cooking mama twitter account uh denies that this is the case um and the twitter account uh gave the following statement quote 
The internet is alive with rumors that Cooking Mama Cookstar contains hidden cryptocurrency slash blockchain capabilities that are causing the switch to overheat. That is absolutely incorrect. At Planet Entertainment, we explored both blockchain technology and cryptocurrency tokens. We looked at those options as a means to allow players to trade in-game assets. However, we only explored the theory behind the, con uh, behind the concept, not the implementation. Cooking Mama Cookstar, nor any of its other titles in the past or future, will utilize crypto technology. I was kind of hoping that the statement would be written from, like, in character as Cooking Mama. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, opportunities lost, I guess. <laughs> they just wanted to get out in front of this one. And we're like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> also, this is, this is crazy. This is a wild story. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It, and the the fact that they're like no no no, no. what 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 we're doing and actually this uh answers um a question that we've sort of uh tossed around on this show before of like what is Nintendo doing with their uh the various games that they don't allow to use um uh cloud storage for like Pokemon and um Splatoon and all of that stuff to to back up your save data and they do that largely because they don't want people um like unfairly duplicating like items or uh, experience points or whatever um and one way to like get around that would in fact be using blockchain technology where the information isn't uh on any local any single local source right um, that's why cryptocurrency, you can't just be like, uh, you can't just go into the background and like change a five to a six and suddenly have way more money. Um, the same, if, if, if they were exploring the same sort of idea, then it would make sense that there would be an article out there or a memo or something that says cooking mama cookstar utilizes crypto technology or blockchain technology, uh, to maintain the, you know, integrity of their trading market. Or something along those lines. Um, but it still doesn't answer the question of why, A, are people reporting that this game is uh, breaking their switches, and why was it removed from the eShop? Well, we got a little bit more information about that on Monday, um, where uh, it turns out that the game's publisher, Planet Entertainment, published the game against the wishes of Cooking Mama's IP holder, Office Create. Um, so uh, evidently the uh, developer and, or not the, the developer, the publisher and the IP holder have been at odds throughout the course of this thing. And um, the Cooking Mama IP holder uh, wanted them either to delay the game or just uh, straight up cancel it uh, because it was running so poorly, because it was not well optimized, which is why it was overheating and breaking switches. Um, so we've got a, a couple statements that came in to uh, Screen Rant um, from a developer at First Playable, which is now the developer. That's right. There are three companies involved <laughs> in this. <laughs> developer, publisher, IP holder. Um, so anyway, this developer wrote, uh, wrote into Screen Rant, and I, I just pulled a, a couple quotes that we can talk about. Um, First is, quote, the statement about cryptocurrency was all buzzwords. The head of Planet Entertainment knows very little about these things. He just put some fancy language to get potential investors who like that stuff. As for the crashes overheating, that would be because the game is made in Unity uh, by many people working on their first game. So that uh, makes some sense there, right? Mm -hmm. um, next quote, uh, quote, 
There is a legal battle between the publisher, Planet Entertainment, and the IP holder, uh, Office Create. Planet Entertainment released the game against a request by Office uh, Create to keep polishing the game or perhaps even canceling it, sort of what uh, I said before in the last little bit that I pulled out from uh, his statement is, quote, as I understand Planet Ed- as I understand, Planet Entertainment is suing Office Create for having its re- or for having it removed for money lost. It's hard to say if it will ever be released properly. That is crazy. So All of this is yeah. crazy for like a Cooking Mama game. Yeah. It's Cooking Mama. Like Cooking Mama had such like an identity on the DS and was part of like that wave of like everyone can play games games um that the DS and the Wii were so well known for. Um I mean, it'd be like finding out that like the Brain Age game uh, on Switch was like the source of some like huge controversy. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think? Do you think uh, they're ever gonna figure this thing out, or like, is this game just gonna disappear into the recesses of nothing? I, th- I feel like it's gonna dis- disappear into the recesses of nothing, which is like, I guess if you bought a copy, good for you. Yeah, this thing yeah. is gonna be Hang like uh, to like collector's item for sure. It's going to be the new Ring Fit Adventure, <laughs> which, by the way, you still can't get for less than $300. <laughs> hey, um, Patrick, did you realize that Persona 5 Scramble um, has not been announced for a Western release? <clears throat> I think it's pretty obvious that I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I, I, I thought for whatever reason that it was like in a Nintendo Direct or something in the West, but clearly that is not the case. Um, the game was recently released in Japan, I think at the end of February. And, uh, also, um, you know, like in, uh, outside of Japan, Persona 5 Royal, which is the Persona 5, like remake enhanced edition has been Mm -hmm. released. And, uh, Atlas sent a survey to customers who had, had been playing Persona 5 Royal, asking them if they'd be interested in a Western localization of uh, the Scramble spinoff game, which, ag- again, is news to me because I genuinely, I thought it had already been announced. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also just one of those things where uh, Atlas puts out surveys asking anyone if they're, you're interested in uh, any of their games coming to any platform <laughs> in any territory. So um, it, it doesn't even really imply that it will come to the West, but good to note that it is uh, not yet. Well, and it also <laughs> seems not like, yet. right. And it also seems like they, like who knows how, what these surveys actually do because remember like a couple of weeks ago, we were reporting on a survey from Atlas asking about like, Hey, which of these games are you interested in coming to switch? Catherine Full Body was on that list, and Catherine Th- Full yeah. Body was just announced. You know, so like it had to have already been in the works for Switch before they were sending out the survey. So who knows what any of this means? If nothing else, it's a learning opportunity for myself because now I know not to be looking forward to Persona Five Scramble. Okay, but hold on. Also, like, were you interested in Persona 5 Scramble? <laughs> no, 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 not really. But, um, you know, now I'm, like, doubly not interested because I can't have it. And so it's like, fine. I never wanted it anyways. Yeah, and Mark's crossing his arms right now and turning <laughs> away from the camera. <laughs> I am saucy. Um, 
The Outer Worlds, the Obsidian-developed RPG um, that was announced for with a Switch port that was originally supposed to be released this month um, and has a new release date. You'll remember that it got delayed a few weeks ago indefinitely because of the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, I believe the developer of the port, uh, the, the studio is based in Shanghai, so they were um, affected early in the out in the pandemic um but with china slowly opening back up it must mean the development is continuing because the game is now scheduled for release on june 5th both both physically and digitally um and that's uh that's exciting outer worlds was a big deal uh on all other platforms uh and i'm still very curious to see like how it runs on switch uh, and it's nice to know that it's got a uh, like this is the opposite of all the other news that we're uh, getting mm-hmm. about new video game releases and upcoming releases that like everything's getting uh, like canceled or put off or um, I guess canceled isn't right. But we're seeing a lot of things delayed indefinitely. I guess, Mark, you and I haven't talked about um, the Last of Us Part Two uh, being delayed indefinitely um, on this show again. It's a Nintendo show, I know, so I'm sorry. Uh, but it is definitely like a bellwether for the uh, rest of the industry that, um, you know, the, uh, the thrust of that uh, story is that they are delaying it, uh, not necessarily because the game isn't ready to, to go, but that like the uh, marketing machine behind it, um, that would be necessary for it to be released right now cannot be spun up due to COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, even just like logistically, right? Like so many game stops are shut down. So many like Best Buys, people are spending less money because, you know, everybody's a little bit worried mm-hmm. about what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, you know, I think Kotaku was reporting that, yeah, like development was basically done, that it wasn't a question of like, is the game finished? It's just a question of like, does it make sense for us to release it right now? And it was determined that like, no, for something this big, it doesn't, um, which, you know, like is interesting. It's also interesting that they're just like indefinitely. Um, and I guess like, as they see what the, um, how everything, you know, like breaks out that yeah. they'll schedule it for probably, you know, it's like as soon as it makes sense. I think it's interesting that they are for the outer worlds that they're saying June 5th, both like physically and digitally. Um, you know, originally like it was going to release digitally in April and then uh physically at a later date. And then oh, with, yeah. with this delay, they're able to do it together. But again, like just even like the logistics of having a physical release right now is um, super interesting to me to see that they're forging ahead with that. Yeah, well, I, I would have to imagine that like the marketing angle of that is uh, significantly smaller, right, than something like uh, The Last of Us Part Two, um, where like it is a port a year later um for a game that a lot of people liked but you know it wasn't like this enormous blockbuster thing um and you know i think uh just as far as like the the actual marketing is concerned um that nintendo's also pretty good at um just repping their stuff digitally and getting and again i know that's all being targeted right at my face or right at every you know my twitter feed my instagram feed but like i always see uh, i see nintendo ads uh, all the time um so, like, I think they've got that pretty well uh, locked down. Not to say that Sony doesn't, um, but just uh, it's it's probably enough to meet the, like, marketing demand of uh, the port for 
Outer Worlds. Yeah, and I'm sure not just like the marketing demand, but also just like the market demand. Like The Last of Us yes. 2 is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. And so it mm. makes sense for them to delay it until like there's a time. I, I'm sure they spent an enormous amount of money you know, to make The Last of Us 2. So yeah. they want to do everything they can to make sure that they recoup that cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 was just recently announced to be coming to Switch this summer. And uh, just this week, NIS America announced that Trails of Cold Steel 4 will be releasing on Switch and PC in 2021. The game is uh, already going to be releasing on the PS4 this fall. And uh, where I think it's like mostly been a PlayStation Falcom. It's developed by Falcom in Japan. They are like pretty much have sworn allegiance to PlayStation, but it's interesting to see like NIS America continue to port these games over to like the Switch and PC. Um, I think Ease 8 was the first one that they did. And then mm -hmm. Trails of Cold Steel will be um, the next one. And now we already know that Trails of Cold Steel 4, it will be coming next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see, because like, I, I don't know that we have a lot of... Um, I mean, there, there there must be some, but like, I don't know what the North America interest for any of the NIS uh, series really is. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if any of these really like uh, like latch on anywhere. If there are like any corners of the gaming population in North America uh, that are like going to you know like let these games in. Yeah, I mean, like clearly they're profitable. I feel like, or they wouldn't continue to bring them over. Um, and I feel like with something like this, you know, like, and this is a total guess, but you know, like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, like those types of numbers are probably like all the all they need to have it be sustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I wonder what that means for like the quality of like the localization and stuff like that. Um, because like again to bring it back to uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, one of the things I really like about what I'm seeing is that it seems like it is a uh, JRPG in, like, kind of gameplay and, like, uh, you know, style and stuff like that, um, but is, um, like, seems to be uh, localized or, like, uh, performed like a, uh, like, uh, you know, Western AAA um, release with, like, the sort of attention to, like, uh, like subtlety of character uh, detail and like uh, maybe a little bit less on like the anime spectrum of uh, of that kind of presentation. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, when Ease 8 was released on Switch last year or two years ago, was it at this point? Um, you know, one of the big problems they had was the quality of the localization and they released multiple patches in quick succession after release to try to you know, like address a lot of those concerns. But I also think that like, if you're a fan of these franchises or you're a fan of like this yeah. type of game or like NIS America's other releases that they've brought over, like it just kind of comes with the territory. You understand that this is not a Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, you are just happy to have these games localized at all. And of course you want yeah. it to be like, you know, like just like the the expectation is different for those types of releases. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, E3 2020 has, of course, already been canceled, but the ESA is looking ahead to 2021, and they have set June 15th to June 17th, 2021 
for E3 next year. And they're still talking up. They're still promising that the show will be like, quote, reimagined, whatever that means. I mean, obviously, that's what they were uh, promising for this year. Um, but also like the entire, uh, all of, uh, all trade shows in 2021 will have to be reimagined, right? <laughs> like, you know, we, even, even when we're, uh, not under the, um, you know, sort of like lockdown or safer at home or, you know, whatever sort of orders, uh, you are in, uh, under depending on what country or state or city or whatever you live in. Um, I feel like it's going to be a while before people want to go to conventions um, which are famously uh, disease-ridden places. <laughs> um, so I mean, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like where we are at this or at that point in 2021. Um, but and then like on top of that, there is the like waning relevance of E3 in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree because like just the fact that E3 isn't happening this year, like E3 was already kind of on the decline and having to figure out what it was going to be, and this just like accelerates that to the nth mm-hmm. degree because suddenly like uh yeah companies literally just do not have e3 this year so you know if they don't need it this year are they going to look at all the money they spent on that and be like wow like does it even matter um so yeah i i think tr- e- the esa trying to figure out i mean really just the esa trying to figure out where it fits into the industry um yeah. is has been interesting to watch recently and so I'm curious what E3 2021 ends up looking like um, in whatever form it takes. But And look, um, we'll, we'll still apply to go. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's, it is, we'll, yeah, still, that's we'll just, still try to go. It's just who we are. Um, to help fill the void left by E3, IGN announced a new Summer of Games, or sorry, excuse me, Summer of Gaming event. Have to get the nomenclature right. For early June. Um, so, you know, trying to keep that June excitement from E3 going, mm-hmm. uh, it promises, quote, with E3 2020 canceled, IGN has a suite of programming plan to kick off in early June. It includes publisher presentations with IGN pre and post discussions, report, remote developer interviews, hands-on demos and preview impressions, gameplay and new segments, recapping the biggest announcements. Um, they've announced participants to include 2K, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, and THQ Nordic at this point. Um, and they're saying that you know future participants will be announced in the coming weeks. Um, super smart move from IGN, I think, um, that so many of us experience uh, E3 through IGN's coverage of it anyway. Um, IGN and other uh, outlets, of course, but like if they can control like where and when those messages are premiered, um, that makes them the first stop for everyone. Like it's uh, uh, it seems super smart. Uh, thing to note: Nintendo is not on the list of participants, um, and we've been assuming that Nintendo is just going to run a direct, you know, the Tuesday morning, the week that uh, E3 would have been anyway, because they're a juggernaut and you can't stop them um but it, it'll be interesting to see if they team up with ign if they end up not doing any of it at all um how nintendo fits into uh the e3 shaped hole in the calendar is going to be really interesting to see 
It's uh, I didn't write it down as a news item, but like also missing from the list is Bethesda and um, uh, somebody from Bethesda. And again, I should, probably should have written this down. But they, they beat Hines. Yes, yeah. They said you know they're not doing a digital event. They are basically just like opting out this year. Um, so uh, I guess I bring that up because one of the things I, th- one of the reasons I think it makes a ton of sense for IGN to be hosting this kind of event is in the lead up to E3, all of these companies or a lot of companies are working with IGN. You know, they, they are planning out the PR coverage for their big announcements that were going to be happening at E3. Mm-hmm. So all of this was probably, a lot of this was probably already in the works anyways. And so IGN was able to just pivot and kind of like remove E3 from the from the equation. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo ends up doing. Like, yeah, if they just uh forge ahead basically pretending like you know like e3 or not e3 we can do a treehouse live potentially i guess it depends because um at that point who knows if people will still be working remotely from nintendo of america so maybe you can't do a treehouse live uh yeah i mean i wonder like how much uh, you could just do like a a a two-person facetime uh put chris and krista on uh, either ends of, a, of an iphone and... <laughs> yeah no I, I mean i guess you could I, that's basically what ign is going to be doing so yeah. i guess it is totally possible um but yeah i i'm super curious to see how all this evolves and you know if this summer of gaming event for ign is a really big success then again how much do you need e3 in that like physical presence at that point yeah. Oh, and like E3 or I- IGN has such a big reach that like, you know, one of the reasons that people are l- so excited about E3 is that like it is the moment that like everyone is talking about games and gaming. And I think IGN is the one outlet that is big enough that they can say, OK, guys, this is the week where we're all going to talk. You know, they can become the new ESA basically and say, you don't yeah. need a show floor. We've got this website. Yep. Yep, and like EA can still do their thing, like Microsoft can still totally. do their thing. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super curious to see how it all shapes up. Um, the arms free access period for Nintendo Switch Online users came to an end yesterday, but kind of like a surprise, it had been a while since Nintendo had held a party crash, which is like arms yeah. equivalent of a Splatfest. Um, but they actually had one. They br- brought it back for during the free access period. Um, the players choose chose between Springman and Ribbon Girl, and uh, Springman end up ended up winning with fifty two percent of whatever it is that you do <laughs> that causes you to win in a arms party crash. It's a real nail biter there, that one <laughs> uh, between Springman and Ribbon Girl. <laughs> Uh, my two least favorite characters in that game. <laughs> Not even the uh, like, uh, crazy like DNA strand thing. Yeah, even the crazy DNA strand. Even uh, even the clown girl. Like, uh, Springman and Ribbon Girl are just they're they're so like default character, right? Um, that uh, it's also weird like that these party crash things are always just one character versus another character. They're never... Like Splatoon would do ketchup versus mustard, right? Right. Or I guess mayonnaise versus ketchup, I guess is what it was. <laughs> that vile weekend <laughs> when all of the paint was that like sickly white <laughs> color. Here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say for Spring Man. Like, um, yeah. he's kind of hot. So... <laughs> uh, Mark, I don't see it. 
<laughs> kind of hot. I respectfully yeah. disagree. Um, All right. <laughs> finally, with uh, Nintendo and Microsoft collaborating on like a number of projects recently, uh, you know, Cuphead, not just released for Switch, but also part of Smash Brothers. Ori in the Blind Forest coming to Switch. Um, Banjo and Kazooie ending up in Smash. We've heard crazy rumors, you know, of like um, uh, a Game Pass showing up on Switch or something. Uh, so yeah, obviously with like the announced projects and all the rumors, there's been a lot of speculation about like what other Microsoft projects might end up on Nintendo platforms. Um, Xbox's Phil Spencer was recently on the IGN Unlocked podcast, and uh, the subject came up. And you, it's worth listening to the whole thing. Um, but basically, like, and I'm just gonna kind of summarize here instead of reading direct quotes because they're kind of long. But basically, uh, what he says is that like he loves Nintendo, he loves collaborating with them. But that said, <laughs> they're like they're fine. They're what they're finding is that it's kind of confusing to consumers that like every time a new Xbox game is announced or something, there's all over the internet like you Google the game's name. And there's like a bunch of speculation about when it's coming to Switch, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he he says that like you know like uh the development partners have been the ones who have kind of like wanted to work with Nintendo and my, uh, Microsoft has been supportive of that, and so that's why we've seen those games show up on Switch. But that micro, you know, like Xbox doesn't love that there's this expectation that Xbox game Xbox games will come to Switch. So he feels like they have to do a better job of setting expectations is what he says. Yeah, we, I mean, which makes sense and is also just like part of the weird internet curse of being associated with a Nintendo product, right? Yeah. Is that like, uh, well, and also just the weird internet curse of all video games right now, which is the question is always, when is it coming to Switch for everything? But like Microsoft does have this like, kind of precedent now where like yeah a few of our things do come to, that you wouldn't expect are in fact uh coming to switch so like i can see where that is uh like a point of frustration for them um and something that they would need to clear up in order to uh kind of solidify what their brand is and what the brand offers right um like it has got to be super confusing to any time you announce a new game that all, all the conversation about it is just, <laughs> when is it coming to Switch? Um, uh, on the subject of The Last of Us 2, um, I, uh, I follow Neil Druckmann, the, uh, the writer of, of that game, on Twitter. Um, and a couple days ago, he uh, tweeted about uh, Onward, the Pixar movie Onward, because it just came to Disney+. Plus. Uh, and his tweet reads, um, Onward wrecked me, full-on sobbing by the end. If you're into emotions, highly recommended. And then in parentheses, he wrote, cue request for demo and or digital release in three, two, one, because he knows he can't say anything on Twitter without people harassing him about the things that they harass him about. So <laughs> he can't express he liked a Pixar movie without getting people asking for a digital release of The Last of Us 2 or a demo. <laughs> Which means it's it's the same thing, right? It's that people right. know the one thing that they can complain to him about, and they're doing it. It's the same as the uh, the Xbox When's It Coming to Switch thing. Yeah, I I mean you're right that like it's just the curse of the internet. I was looking at one of like Nintendo of America's tweets today, and a bunch of the replies were like, "This isn't a Mario remaster announcement," you know, just like all that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, those poor underpaid social media people who are just like scheduling these tweets, you know, and have to deal with all this nonsense. I think it's so interesting the relationship that like Xbox and Nintendo have and how they are just like naturally closer allies than like Nintendo and Sony will ever be. Cause like Nintendo and Sony, they are built in bad blood from the like development right. of the PlayStation. And, um, and, and like because of Microsoft's purchase of Rare all those years ago. Like Xbox yeah. and Nintendo have just always been like legally entwined. And so they've always just had to like work closer together. And now that's like bearing fruit in an interesting way. Yeah. Well, I think it also has to just do with uh, Xbox being a little bit more. Um, they're trying to get on as many platforms or trying to play as nicely with as, uh, you know, other platforms as possible. Um, and both Sony and Nintendo are a little bit more. Uh, you know, sort of like walled off in their approach to um, a, an ecosystem. Um, you know, you it it's cool and interesting to see all these Microsoft games and characters on Switch, but like we haven't seen a Nintendo game on Xbox, and we're not gonna. You know, mm-hmm. um, so like uh, it's it's almost uh, less a Nintendo issue, I think, than it is a a Microsoft issue. Um, and Nintendo is just like a little bit more. Um, like open to new collaborators um, in an era where they have a machine that people actually people always want to play Nintendo uh, uh, platforms but like there is a wide demand for um, Nintendo uh, software and hardware oh one other thing that um, I wanted to bring up is that yesterday I was looking at the like on sale section in the eShop and there is a Mm -hmm. wild amount of games on sale right now just like yeah mm-hmm. there's a big sega sale right now like just about uh, like all the sega ages games are marked down like 50 percent um sonic forces if you don't want to borrow it from me you can buy it for cheaper now um but really you should buy it for me also if you're interested in buying the uh mario and sonic at the uh 2020 olympic games that's going to be the only thing associated with 2020 olympic games <laughs> that's because right they've been I pushed totally to 2021 forgot about that oh my gosh they'll have to reissue uh. it. <laughs> is 2021 you think they will <laughs> no no because i think that i think the olympics are still going to be called the 2020 olympics wild yep all right mark <laughs> let's get out of the news Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Remember, we are talking about Super Metroid on Wednesday night. So email us your observations, your... That's it. Observations <laughs> about about the game. I hope you're playing along with us. Uh, you can email those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And uh, we will fold them on into the show. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's get out of here. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers. Uh, just letting you know that Onward is very good. Neil Druckmann is correct. You should check it out. That central relationship really works. And thanks for listening.
That's right, Nintendo Cartridge Society listeners, what is going down? Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in, in Your 30s. A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know, like how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages, because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being Hella in Your 30s is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day, let's order pizza. Campfire.